0: Lower your expectations. It's a hockey podcast from Lance, Coach, and Randall. Gabe Gifford Hockey is our season two sponsor. Fantastic young man. He has recorded 21-hour stick time lessons and put them online as a course. It'll take your little champion through 20 hours of competitive hockey lessons. You can get more out of stick and puck with your child. It's better, and it's a lot less expensive than a regular private coach would be. Give him a look, because he's a great kid, and he's helped us out a lot. (laughs) Hello, and welcome to episode three of season two of the Youth Hockey Podcast. Uh, Today, we're going to be looking at uh, a couple of things, uh, going from uh, coach speak uh, to uh, mainstream entertainment to um, interesting stories from the squirt year of hockey. So uh, Raleigh, if you wouldn't mind would you start us off with uh, with what uh, with what you've been uh, watching recently? yeah um, well
1: uh, this summer I happened to be in uh, Danbury Connecticut um, you know one of the uh, real old uh, East Coast cities and uh, I was there my son was uh, attending a prep camp and there's a bunch of these things around the country where basically you've uh you got a bunch of kids in this case mostly kids that are uh going to uh, new england uh prep schools and um the camp um you know it's supposed to be a chance for them to get some exposure possibly get scouted by uh a bunch of ncaa coaches and and a few nhl coaches that are that are attending and so this particular camp it was um uh in the at the danbury ice arena which is a few minutes from downtown danbury uh danbury being an old east coast uh, city i won't say a lot about it but um you know if you've been there it's it's interesting <laughs> it's uh um i would say uh, in transition like a lot of east coast cities um Definitely a uh, a blue collar area at this point, point. and uh, at any rate, uh, inside the rink, uh, there's a couple sheets there, uh, but the main sheet is in is this arena. So um, you know, I, I spent the you know the weekend there, and um, <clears throat> on one side of the rink, there's like kind of this mezzanine level, where I think there's like a a uh, elevator and uh, and these kind of boxes. I didn't really go up. I I went up there, but I really didn't spend much time there. Usually they had the scouts and the the NCAA, you know, coaches sitting there watching it. But on the other side is uh, this big sort of arena seating thing. And and apparently this, this um, rink holds anywhere from 2000 to to 3000 people. So it's, you know, it's a pretty big arena. And um, at this point, the rink is, it was the hosting a um, a minor professional league team called the Danbury Hatricks, uh, but they haven't played in a couple of years. I don't know if they're going to reemerge. They did not play due to Connecticut being shut down, um, but you know, was it was, uh, it was uh, you know kind of a a nice experience for my my kid, and you know, I, I left there kind of thinking, well, you know, this is a colorful place. I wonder what the story is behind it. And uh, so as it turns out, um, there there is certainly a very interesting story associated with with the rink. And um, it just so happens if you're a Netflix subscriber, um, there's a series uh, on Netflix called the Untold Series, um, which is kind of like the ESPN 30 for 30 series, if you guys have seen any of those.
0: Now, Raleigh, if uh, the people at home don't have Netflix, would you mind giving out your password and username?
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, that's supposed to go in the show notes. Oh, uh, show notes. Got okay. it. Come on, got let's it. Get, <laughs> let's you know, get by some professionals in I'll, here.
2: I'll, I'll interject, too, that uh, the Danbury hat tricks are indeed alive and well because I have a, uh, a friend whose son got drafted by them into the NHL and is out in Danbury at the moment.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, yes and no. Okay. You're right. Uh, I, I kind of, I left it that. There is a, a NAL team in there, the junior hat Now that the, the hat is actually a, a semi pro team or a pro team, uh, that's supposed to be in the federal league. So oh. uh, I'm, I'm not sure if they're going to be back there, but, but that is why there's the junior hat That's what, I like, believe the
2: Charlestown Chiefs were in the Federal
0: League too. <laughs> yes. Well, uh, funny you say. Are, are that. you guys going to out geek each other now in the your <laughs> knowledge of of what team derivated from another? No, uh, this, I, I mean, like, I
1: mean, this is really going to get to the heart of, of why I think this is interesting. So the uh, y- you know the this untold series um, th- there's about four or five episodes, I think. Uh, I saw there's a real good one called, um, untold the malice at the palace, which is about the, the 2004, there was this big fight in in this NBA game in Detroit between the Pacers and the Pistons. And, um, that fight, you know, became was sort of a flashpoint for the NBA and, uh, and uh, a lot of sort of, um, you know, feelings that there was, uh, a change with NBA players and whatnot. It's it's a great, great documentary. I I would, I would definitely recommend people watch it. And, uh, that's a
2: renowned fight. I'll tell you. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And, and I I didn't realize watching it, you know, just that the Pacers were, were really expected. A lot of people thought they would win the NBA championship that year. And that, that fight just changed the whole trajectory of, of that season. But anyway, it's, it's worth seeing. And, uh, so that kind of brings us to, uh, this documentary I just watched called untold crime and penalties. And, uh, that episode or this one I'm talking about, it, it is about a team, uh, called the Danbury, uh, trashers, uh, that played in a, uh, a now defunct, um, pro league called the United hockey league. And, um, that league, I guess, folded back around 2010 but the story takes place around 2004. Now we all have sons who are in the general age where they were born around this era, 2003, 2004, 2005, 2006, whatnot. So, um, you know, for us, it's, uh, I think there's, you know, a thing there to sort of look at uh, what the sport is now and and what it was back then. But uh, at any rate, um, the story kind of unfolds that there's this uh, new franchise in Danbury where um, the team, it, it gets uh, a, t- a new um, expansion franchise gets added to this league, um, owned by by this guy named James Galante, who uh, he makes made his money as the owner of a large number of garbage collection and disposal companies, uh, and uh, I don't want to give too much away about the story because it's really worth watching, and uh, but it kind of goes into the relationship between galante and his son aj and uh aj as a kid fell in love with uh, the sport of hockey at some point and he kind of brought his father into it and uh this ultimately ultimately led the james galante to buy this expansion team literally for his son who was just uh, 17 at the time and gave it to him to run as a president as the president and gm of of this team And it kind of fought the story kind of follows this improbable rise of the team. And um, uh, so they kind of right off the, the start of the, of the story, AJ, uh, he goes in and uh, uses uh, analytics such as they were back in those days, you know, kind of scours, uh, finds a bunch of information finds all these guys. And it's, it's, it's right at a, at a slap shot. I mean, really like, he, he had all these guys who were known for fighting and, uh, and, uh, and other, you know, one guy basically was a, was a great prospect, but he, he had lost an eye, uh, you know, in, in like literally his first like junior game or something. And so it was a bunch of, a bunch of guys who were, you know, were never going to make it into a uh, higher level professional leagues, but uh, still wanted to play. And the, he puts this team together and, um, they, they, uh, become, uh, well, uh, they, there's a pretty funny section where right, you know, right off the bat, their first game, uh, the, the, he, the guys that run the team, tell them, tell the, you know, their enforcer guys, you know, as first shift, as soon as the pucks dropped, immediately drop your gloves and start a fight. And, uh, you know, this, this, um, turns into a, a complete, uh, Donnie Brook and, and right away, the, the guy that runs the league and, you know, is, is, uh, um, trying to get them to, uh, to tone it down. And, uh, you know, it's just sort of how they, uh, build this team up and, um, kind of, they capture the imagination of the, this like, blue collar fan base in Danbury And, um, I guess, uh, I, you know, I'll just kind of conclude. I, you know, again, I don't want to spoil a bunch of stuff, but, um, if you know something about the history of waste disposal companies in, in the Connecticut, New York and New Jersey area, you probably won't be too shocked to find out that for various reasons, um, uh, the FBI becomes part of the story and it's just very entertaining truth is stranger than fiction type of thing. And I think if you like hockey and, and especially if if you've ever seen the, the, the movie Slapshot, which uh, a lot of people don't know Slapshot was, was based, uh, very much on real teams and uh, real players Um, so that this will you'll kind of appreciate it and it it also uh, shines light that there are um, you know these other minor professional league teams that uh, are minor minor professional leagues that do exist um, like the federal league now and um, in some small markets uh, these teams are you know, still out there and um, still drawing fans and getting people to come and, and see some hockey.
2: So, uh, now, Hoffa I, isn't involved in this at all, is he? Um, <laughs> I, 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 okay, I, I don't like again. I don't want to spoil. It's there's some
1: funny stuff in there. I, I, I think you know it's more like um, there's there's a discussion of the Sopranos and uh, stuff like that in there. So, and and uh, you, you'll you'll see. There's uh, um, the the guy Galante had some connections. We'll just put it that way.
2: Well, I'm definitely going to watch this. It sounds interesting. Yeah. It's a
1: very entertaining. So I I would recommend it for, for any hockey parent.
2: I think Randy's watching it right now.
0: (laughs) I actually watched the entire thing. Uh, It's amazing that uh, I got the entire, I sped it up just a little bit. Uh, I was actually looking up uh, a story uh, uh, because you're talking about like a great inspirational kind of uh, uh, things that make you uh, connected to the sport. And uh, I remembered there was a story out of Thief River, River Falls in Minnesota, uh, where this team, uh, like, there's like, you know, it's like a Hoosier situation where there's not many, you know, there's like a, a tiny uh, a, a town, a, a tiny place, uh, and they won the championship. In Minnesota, I'm hoping I'm not getting this wrong. Uh, I was I was looking it up while you were while you were talking about that because that's one of the stories that I always go back to. Um, and there's a book about it as well. Uh, it just it, it, you know like there are these little stories that you collect as a hockey dad, um, and in this case, they they won the championship uh, the year after they were booted out. The, the team that was supposed to be really good like had an eleven overtime game and they got booted out the year before. And that next year the team that wasn't supposed to be very good went on and and um and uh and, and took the took the took the league. Um anyway, I, I know this is uh this is not show and tell of uh of 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 um uh hockey narratives out there, but uh that's uh that you know we all have Things that connect us uh, to to the different stories and all the storylines that are out there, uh, uh, Coach Ralston. Uh, I know you uh, met with some of the Miracle on Ice people because you you played college uh, hockey, and and didn't you tell me that some of them played at, at your your college as well? Uh yeah,
1: um, yes,
0: yeah. So these stories, R- very true. <laughs> yeah, so these stories are are really. I mean, Miracle on Ice is is uh, of course something that everybody. Can connect to, but there are also some little flavorful stories out there in the in middle of nowhere uh, that make you love hockey more. Now, what what was this
1: book? uh, I think you you gotta tell us what this book is because it sounds like that's that's what I
0: was I was looking it up. They they tried to make a movie out of it. I remember that, Uh, uh, and it was based on a uh, uh, on a book uh, for. That when you know it was it was not uh, recent. It was uh, decades ago that this small town team. Um, and I remember it was it was it was a story like Hoosiers. And I, I don't know if you know. Do you both know Hoosiers? The story of the. Uh... Of course. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. Well, and it, that's it. Sounded like hockey's version of Hoosiers um, when I when I read uh, about this team. Um, and I'll go back and I you know this is not my my topic I, I should have I shouldn't have uh, interrupted with it but uh, I, I, rem- I, I your telling of a story that connected you to the sport reminded me of of how much I loved uh, hearing this story from another hockey parent and I actually did a little research into it afterwards um, because I loved it so much you know these these kind of bad news bears, Mighty ducks, you know, all these coming from nowhere. Hockey seems to be a, a sport where it, it it is run so much on emotion sometimes that that a a, a decent team can can become a great team uh, um, if, if everything connects.
2: Now let me ask you, Randy, it's not uh, I'm assuming
0: it's not. It wasn't whose puck is it anyway? Uh, Lance, uh, you're already ahead of me on this. I don't know. Uh, it was, uh, yeah, uh, well, well, I'll I'll just say no
2: is a true story also of, uh, these two ex NHL players and I think it took place in, in 2000, but ex NHL goalie, Greg Millen is one coach and Steve Larmer, who I think played many years for the Chicago Blackhawks was the other coach. And they decided to try something new uh, for one year. And when parents showed up for tryouts, they gave them all uh, a letter. And the letter basically said, uh, there will be no yelling at players, coaches, or referees by anybody affiliated with the team. Players will play every position. Uh, They will not be forced to follow a system, but, uh, uh, but be left to figure out what to do in any given situation for themselves and all members of the team will play equal ice time. And then the book proceeds to show the, the journey of this team under this new philosophy. And it's quite an interesting journey.
1: Yeah, that, that's, um, that kind of reminds me. Um, I heard about this. Uh, we, we all spent some time at the bears and the bears had a thing going for a few years where they used to bring a Russian team over to play early in the year. Um, I want to say the squirt age and, um, yeah, I
2: hosted a few, uh, yeah, you,
1: you probably participated in that. Now we, we just watched it. Cause I think my, my son was younger. We never kind of got in on that, but, um, but I, I do remember the kids were real good. I also remember the, there was one game where we were watching and, um, and like the game started and it just right away, a couple of kids got absolutely plastered. And they had to explain to the Russian kids that, um, no, we don't have checking over here at, at U10. So, uh, you know, the, the players were, you know, getting penalties kind of looking like, what's going on? and uh but anyway somebody told me that there was a team that came over and they were just in, like incredible and um uh they had all that they said according to them they had all the players kind of lined up and um they would just go out like five at a time and there there wasn't there wasn't like forward lines and defensive lines like the kids just all rotated around and played whatever position happened to be the next one up and uh they were they you know completely smoked everybody they played and You know, it's just interesting. Some of the, you know, the hockey philosophies of of different places. So
0: yeah. Yeah, exactly. Made me think of it. Okay. I I do have the book title now. I I, I did, I went through it. It's called river of champions uh, and it was a 1956 uh, thief river falls uh, high school team that uh, it says, was a riveting tale of a gritty high school hockey team's extraordinary run for their state championship. Uh, I haven't, uh, I, I cannot confirm nor deny, but the whole story uh, itself, uh, I've heard is, uh, is magical. So uh, maybe give that a, 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 page through. Now, now I don't want to toot my
2: own uh, horn here, but I think that go ahead. Uh, our first year, my sons, uh, both my sons' first year with the Bears. Um, was pretty darn magical. You know, we went from a ragtag group of nobodies uh, all the way to a state championship ourselves. And I thought, you know, the journey was was quite interesting. I should probably jot it down in my own river of, whatever you called it, river <laughs> of tears.
1: Now, is this story going to involve a, um, a kind of... <laughs> Is this going to be um, where we sort of talk about uh, like a Herman Melville type character who who has to be, you know, Billy Budd or something has to be thrown uh, overboard in order for the team to reach its – its? because uh, I think I know this story.
0: Yeah, no, he, oh, so he, he always tells about how they had to cut somebody in order to make that uh, team uh, great. In fact, two years in a row you cut somebody and, and won cha- the state championship, right? <laughs>
2: That became our forte. Bring on, bring on a rebel rouser, cut them halfway through the season and then go on an incredible run.
0: You should look up what happened to the, you should happen. Look up what happened to those poor kids you cut. Uh, That's what I would do, Lance. I would look up and see if you absolutely crushed their spirits or not. And if you did, I wouldn't, yeah, you'd be careful with that.
2: (laughs) Well, that's a story for another day, anyway, right?
0: <laughs> okay. Anyway, thank you all for uh, for the uh, the uh, the the wandering in and through uh, movie lore and stories. Uh, I wish uh, uh, we we had more um, photographic memories so that we could help you all uh, find your own stories to go out and look for. Uh, but before uh, we we uh, get to the impression and and move uh, past episode three. I was wondering if you guys could share one squirt memory, one thing from squirts that you would want to change. Because I think a lot of people going into squirts, that's where people get the most excited about hockey and it's the least important. That's just my guess. Uh, but uh, wh- what do you guys think? What, wh- what, to- what do you think about the topic? Uh, you know, we could do an
2: entire show about that topic, but I'll edit mine way down to the bare bones. and. And uh, it's interesting because I think uh, we were having a conversation, just kind of a general conversation, where my thought came came up, and that was the fact that um, at the squirt age, you know, there's uh, a lot of focus on being on a great team, the team being a championship team, and and uh, and I've learned, you know, you know what, how many years later now, like ten years later, that a lot of the focus at least that i was exposed to just didn't matter it just was not important you know like i said i don't know if anyone knows how many square championships Wayne Gretzky won but i certainly don't think anyone actually even cares uh and so i just felt like there was a lot of focus on winning uh when i went through the process as opposed to just simply developing all the players and making them better you know so that's something i think that really needs to be changed there's no benefit to winning a square championship, uh, especially if your kid is one of the kids that doesn't play because the coach decided to short the bench. And, you know, I look back on a lot of these teams and a lot of those guys that played double, triple shifts, uh, you know, a lot of them, I don't think even play hockey anymore, you know, uh, at the ages now that it really matters. So you know it's there's, it's there's, about the development
0: there's a lot of ego that is involved in uh the young ages and i i think uh i know that uh that you know one of the things that um i'll i'll go to a positive we we drove a little further to put our kid on a team where he knew all the players he played with them the year before we could have come back to valencia um uh i'll i'll i'll, I'll say something that i was really grateful for uh the coach was uh, just this guy from Boston. I, I, I really uh, respected him. He wasn't, I don't think, a great coach, probably. Um, he was he was a good coach, though, a uh, dad coach. Um, and just putting my son in and among those kids, um, uh, they were a good group of kids. They were really nice. Uh, I, I, I think Ah, uh, traveling a little bit for, further, not for a championship team. We, this was a, this was a, you know, this was a mid-level A team that uh, that that didn't win anything other than a tournament or two. But I was very happy that my kid was so welcome and fit in so well on the team. So I'll I'll give that one. I had another squirt story where uh, we actually left the squirt team halfway through the year. That's my other son. That's the one I'm not going to tell, and that's the embarrassing... <laughs> That's the embarrassing one. So, uh, so just so you know, I, I, I led with a, with a nice story, but I also have a, a, a pretty embarrassing one up my sleeve.
2: You know, but us parents, we're pretty amazing, aren't we? Because uh, when, when our son uh, or daughter is the best player on the team, we need to play to win. The best players need to play. And when our son or daughter are kind of one of the weaker players on the team, Hey, we need to be all about development. It's not about winning. Yeah, so true. It's it's all <laughs> your perspective, right?
1: So what's your, that, what's your what's your story? Well, well, I want to say uh, one thing about this. Um, in all seriousness, uh, you know, back back when I was playing hockey, they they used to have a a, a squirt national championship, and USA Hockey, to its credit, got rid of that because it's just nutty it's nutty that you have uh under you know you have 10 year old and under kids with all this pressure being put on them to play in a national championship although i will say we still have the uh the brick system which is very much with us and um uh you know that's that's maybe a whole nother conversation oh the Um,
0: son of a bricks out there oh i hated that thing i hated that thing so badly my kid got cut so quickly
1: well i i mean yeah it's it's also one of those things where you know uh when you're when you can go you know there's no chance my kid's going to be a brick kid (laughs) there's there's a certain part of you that's like uh and that's uh ten thousand dollars i didn't need to spend too so or maybe Eh. more i don't know what it costs for that tournament but
0: um, you always have the balance raleigh you always have the balance
1: yeah uh i was gonna i was gonna say um I, I don't, I don't have a particular regret about it, but I, I would say, um, you know, there's a thing that started happening at squirt in, in California, especially, which was this whole, you know um, it started with, well, if, if your kids uh, might, and they're not playing up to squirt, then they're behind and, and that's going to be bad. And then um, that turned into whole teams of mites playing up in squirt. And, um, then it became, um, you know, the, the second year squirt, it's like, oh my gosh, well, the really good second year squirts are, you know, they're playing up into Peewee. In fact, they're playing up into Peewee A. That goes into the
0: tragic story of that might team from the Kings that was in the high school league. And that there (laughs) was, as we all know, that was just, that was just wrong, Raleigh. That was wrong.
1: It, 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 they, they didn't win a game. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they they did not. It was a very sad year <laughs> for the eight year olds. Yeah, I can't wait. That that book is going to be turned into a movie. Oh, from what I've heard. Of.
0: Oh, it's a I'm lot of ar- tears. The the typewriter is hot underneath my my fingers <laughs> right now. Um. But but yeah.
1: I I mean, I I say uh, somewhat to their credit, they they've started to to get um some of this stuff under control. I know they don't allow this rampant play up thing, but, you know, uh, we all, we all kind of got, get sucked into it somewhat. I mean, um, you know, our, our sons, uh, played, um, what they played, um, you know, Peewee double a as, as minor year players and, um, uh, not on a not very good team that had a lot of strife and, uh, and sadness and, uh, People, people yelling at (laughs) parents yelling at each other and saying, why are we doing this tournament? And, you know, all the, all the stuff that happens. So, um, you know,
0: I I do recall that.
1: Yeah. Maybe, maybe it's uh, uh, well, I I think that we, we definitely should touch upon this uh, topic as far as, you know, it it all ties back to what's the best development path for, for a kid. And is it, um, is it trying to reach for the brass ring and maybe reaching to exceed where you're at or is it maybe sometimes better for your kid to be one of the bet- better players out there? Um, that's, that's the constant, you know, sort of question that each year you have to answer.
0: Right. Totally agree. Uh, instead of an impersonation this time, guys, I, I want you to follow me if, on this, if you will. I have developed a translator for coach speak uh, and I it's, it's, it's very nuanced. It's uh, it's, it's very complicated. It's very complex. I would like you to give me a sentence that you've heard a coach say to you, and then I will translate it back to you uh, from coach speak to what what normal people would think that it, it really means. I'm giving you a definition here. So uh, if you don't mind, either one of you can go first. I, I, I don't mind. All right. I'll throw one out there to you. Thank you. Uh, how about when the coach tells
2: you, you know what?
0: Your son has a lot of heart. Uh, the translator can put that in, and what it means is I would like to continue having your son pay me in order to uh, develop him as a player on my team, as long as you're paying. Go ahead.
2: That makes sense. I was going to say, I thought it meant that, uh, you know, your son has no skill whatsoever.
0: <laughs> no, that's not coach. Coach <laughs> speak Coach speak is much more nuanced, my friend. Go ahead, uh, 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 Raleigh. Do you have one? Hmm. Okay. Um, yeah, your,
1: your kid, um, didn't, didn't seem to be quite awake today.
0: Uh, that is coach speak for, I would like you to continue paying me to develop your son on the team that I have, uh, going forward. You
1: know, I suspected that. Okay.
0: (laughs) Uh, Lance, can you give me one more? Just, just so we can make certain that this is comes in threes here. Sure. How about, uh, you know your son's not quite where he needs to be yet, but I see a lot of potential in him. Ah, that's a good one. That means I would like your son to continue paying me to develop him on the team that I am coaching. That is so. Now, now,
2: may may I, Randy? May I yes. give you a true story? That, <laughs> well, well wait, I, I want to throw one more me. one more in there. Okay, to the he,
0: he's trying. He is trying to, to to trip me up,
1: but go ahead. <laughs> um. Yeah, my son, he's real sick. He's not going to be able to be at practice for a couple of weeks. Um, uh, the coach is saying that? No, that's, that's what the parent's saying to the coach.
0: Well, does the a coach-speak translator. The coach-speak translator is absolutely flummoxed by anything what a parent would say. <laughs> no, it has no idea how to, how to translate parents. But let's say the coach says, your son looks like uh, he's a little sick uh, out there. Uh, perhaps he should uh, uh, drop down to another level. Uh, Coach speak translator would be your last two checks bounced. It's time to get you off the team.
1: <laughs> okay. I, Cause I, I thought it was going to be um, well in two weeks when you're, <laughs> when your son's better again, Uh, I think the best path is for them to uh, return to the lessons. uh... Yes.
0: Private lessons. If you don't (laughs) mind Uh, on, on a, on a piece of ice, the size of a, uh, uh, of a bath mat, (laughs) if you wouldn't mind, and I will teach them everything they need to know. Uh, That is the end of episode three. Uh, Thank you guys uh, for, for sticking uh, with it and telling the great stories and, uh, and uh, having uh, so many good things to say. Uh, so for, uh, episode three of the youth hockey podcast, uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, guys, you got anything else you want to say on the way out? You know, Hey,
2: I, I heard a great, uh,
0: uh, piece of advice, uh,
2: that my son received, uh, not too long ago, which I thought would be a great way to end the show. And that was, uh, he had a chance to meet, uh, uh, this, uh, AHL professional hockey player and his agent, uh, and he went to meet them and uh, the player is, uh, was a physical, he's a physical player, physical presence. And when my son met him, uh, he, told, uh, he told us, he's like, you know, you picked the right night to see me because I was benched yesterday. And we were like, well, why were you benched yesterday? And he said, because uh, as a grinder player, he said, I decided I was gonna take the puck down the ice. I was gonna make these 360 moves. I was going to, you know, put the puck in the net, do all these different things. And, um, and, and I said, Well, what's the issue with that? And, uh, the agent said, Well, there's an old saying in the NHL world, uh, that you should always remember. And he said, When a crusher become becomes a rusher, he ends up an usher. And, <laughs> and I always remembered that because I guess the moral of the story was don't change who you are, you got to be. True to who you are. And when you try to be something that you're not, you end up in the stands watching with the rest of the fans.
0: Well, isn't that as true for, for almost everything? Uh, you know, be who you are. Great way to great exactly. way to end it, Lance. Bye.
2: Remember to visit Gabe Gifford Hockey. The link is in the description and the webpage below.